Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99 at participating U.S. restaurants. Price may vary. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I Am Athlete Tonight. Welcome back to I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my squad, Ashley Nicole Moss and Brandon Marshall. And should the Chiefs and Bills win in the divisional round, they'll meet at a neutral site, which is the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, in Atlanta for a chance to advance to the Super Bowl. Now, the league says more than 50,000 tickets have been sold uh, via a plan that would put the Bills fans on their side and the Chiefs field fans on their side in the stadium. They also say that the teams are still working to provide access to season ticket holders and that they will update availability, if any exists, to the general public in the future. Brandon Marshall, let me ask you this question. It seems hey, like dude, the league... you, you forgot our guy who wanted to defend Tannehill on the phone. Oh, you're right. I'm see. Appreciate you looking out for me, Ashley. Right before we got into you know the neutral site for the AFC Championship game, if the Bills and the Chiefs win, uh, Darnell from Louisiana had thoughts on Tannehill in Tennessee because we were talking about Rand Carthen, you know, having to make a decision at the quarterback position. So we're going to welcome Darnell into the show. Darnell, uh, thanks for calling in on I Am Athlete tonight. Yeah, no, so, so no problem. Thanks for having me. So I, I got a couple of things here, right? So the promo leading out of the break, I don't know if it's pre-recorded or whatever, but it was Hello Fresh. I heard Mad Dog 2022, and I'm thinking Mad Dog 2020. That's a different story for a different day. Um, so, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Darnell. You're not going to start with that. You got to tell us the story about <laughs> MD22 or 2020. Come on. Hey, come on, man. So I'm from Miami, born and raised in Liberty City. So all my, I watched the work for a lot of years. And so um, let's just say Mad Dog 2020 was just, it was around. I got uncles, right? I got uncles who <laughs> partook in Mad Dog 2020. And when I was in well, high school, you know, you try to sneak and get, some 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 liquor had no money, so Mad Dog Twenty Twenty cost about a dollar fifty, and Thanks. when they got us a little Mad Dog, you you dig? So, um, and they got like a million flavors. Anyway, <laughs> I, I digress. Hold on, so, that's a, I'm I not. Like the, Hold yeah, on. Go ahead. Does it still exist? Hell yeah, Mad Dog still exists. MD Twenty Twenty. Oh snap! I'm gonna go by the. Uh, you about to go by the gas station to get one bread. Yeah, man, you got to go by the corner store or something. Trust me, they're yeah. there. I promise you. <laughs> uh, not in every community. Not in every community, if you know what I'm getting at. But a certain community, <laughs> you can find your little MD. You can find your little MD 2020, Ashley. Um, mm. so, so I'm not. I'm not. Ashley's from the suburbs. I know. She wouldn't know. Oh, she, All oh, right. Oh, she don't listen. Don't oh, listen. So don't listen to the 
Don't listen to Brandon. So Ashley, you 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 in Plantation, Davy, Pinecrest. I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not from Florida, so I didn't grow up here. She's from uh, White Plains, New York. No, nah, I'm oh, not. No, nah, Westchester I'm not County. Okay, so that so so that must be the equivalent of Boca. Please don't listen. Oh please, my God! Please don't listen to Brandon. Please don't listen. I to love me. it, Darnell. I love it. I've never even been to White Plains. I've never even been to New Jersey. So like, like... <laughs> she never. I think she went to school there. I definitely didn't go. To, I went to school in Boca. Yeah, that I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I did. <laughs> All right, Darnell. Let's go ahead and, and get into this Tannehill conversation. So I'm not defending Ryan, but I, and I think y'all touched on it right before y'all went to break. The GM that got fired, I mean, you shipped off his best receiver, one of the best in the league, and you didn't replace him with anybody remotely close. I like the kid Burks, but listen, the SEC is not the NFL. So he's going to take some time. And then plus, outside of Burks, I like the rookie tight end. I forget his name, number 85. I think he's a good kid. And then you also oh, talk Kwaku. about my man Woods. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be decent. But then you got the, the Woods. I mean, Brandon can talk to this. As you get older, you can't be expected to be a number one or even a number two, right? So what have they done to really equip the guy with any semblance of weapons around him? And so not to defend him, but they had they, they didn't give themselves a shot, which I understood why they would fire the GM because it's like, dude, what, what are we doing, right? So. Yeah. Um, that's, that's that on that. And the last thing I'll say is this, um, I'm really concerned and this even isn't, isn't even the topic, but I'm really concerned about Tua's long-term health. Mm. I wish the guy would just medically retire and, and allow us to move on with some certainty because I don't know how you're going to this next season, putting all your eggs in the Tua basket, because we may realistically what Omar have to read for maybe another two years. Cause at some point, that contract is going to become too much. You still got to sign Wilkins. You still got to go have to sign Waddle. You're going to have to sign Jalen Phillips. You're going to have to re-sign all those guys on the back end, Brandon Jones and, and uh, Javon Holland. I don't know where the money comes from. And you got to sign a quarterback at some point. So I don't know what we're going to do. I'll put that out there. Great conversation. Love listening to you guys, and I appreciate you putting me on. Thanks, bro. Appreciate you, Darnell. Go ahead, Brandon. Uh, so first off, uh, going to the Ryan Tannehill uh, conversation, I wasn't a part of it, um, but I want to chime in here. They already know what they're going to do at Ryan Tannehill. Ryan um, knows because that's a part of your interview process. Sure. If you're a general manager, if you're a head coach, when you come in, it's not about like, hey, let's get to know you type of thing. They already know you. They've been doing their work on you for, you know, months, weeks, sometimes even years, because there's a whole database that's uh, accessible to everyone in the NFL of who's the hottest offensive coordinators, defense, offense, special teams, up and coming, you know, coaches, um, and then also general manager personnel group. Right. So Rand's been on this list for a very long time. When you sit down and you're sitting down with the owners, the general managers, presidents, CEOs of these organizations, they actually ask you, what would you do in these situations? Like this year, what would you have done, right? This offseason, Ryan Tannehill, what would you do, right? From there, depending on how you answer that, you go to round two, round three, and that's when it when you get on the same page and you align with the head coaches and the owners, all right, we have Ryan Tannehill, 
Okay, this is what we need to do as an organization. Those conversations are was for the really good organizations. Ninety percent of the time, before we even hear the announcements, those decisions are already made. They're not going through the next month or two trying to decide what they're going to do with Ryan Tannehill. They know. Now, can things change? Absolutely, because you have free agency. You got to figure out what the market looks like, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I just wanted to chime in there. Um, and then as far as uh, the second thing he talked about uh, with Tua, look, I, I, I feel him, but we also have to understand that, you know, uh, an offseason of rest, and recovery can do a lot, right? So, um, you know, for me, I look at two, and I feel like he was just rushed back. He came back too soon. You know, sometimes we think we 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 clear protocol and we can jump back out there in a week or two weeks or three weeks. Sometimes you may need to take a month. Sometimes you may need to just say, you know what, this year's done, so you don't put your career in harm's way. So let's just let this offseason play out and see how he recovers. And next year, if we're talking about the same thing and he has one or two or three uh, uh, concussions, then we have that discussion. Uh, dudes, you remember the receiver for the Indianapolis Colts? Was it Coley? The white Um, receiver. Dang, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I think it was really good. Yeah. He, this is how his career played out. He had a couple in one year, then he came back, had a couple. He kept trying, and it was like, man, you're done. So Yeah, Austin Collie, yeah. Austin Collie. So I just wanted to chime in there. Thanks for the time, dudes, and I missed you, bro. Missed you too, brother. The lighting um, is so, a little different today. Why? Where's your – like yesterday, your Beijing was popping out. Like, Bro, today. you out of control. There's no Beijing here. The disrespect has got to stop. Ashley, look at dudes today compared to yesterday. Does his – is it his lighting or is it – Dude, I ain't big. gonna lie, you starting to be handsome. <laughs> he looks exactly the same as that. Thank you. You're Good welcome. Lord. Boy, out of control over there. But uh, guys, we were talking about the neutral site. Should the Bills and Chiefs win? And Brent, I want to ask you this question. Um, kind of looks like the league may be leaning towards making this a norm in the future. Do you think that's the right thing to do? Is it money-based? Or, you know, is this something where it's kind of exciting for fans to get away in like a minute miniature Super Bowl feel for teams to travel at neutral sites uh, for, you know, championship weekend. That's news to me, dudes. I'm sorry that, you know, I missed that today. Mm -hmm. uh, it, where are we getting that from? Is that what they're saying? They're saying that they could, they're looking into it. This could be the norm going forward. You know, one thing about the NFL, right. Um, it's all about the money and they're very savvy. Uh, and they're always looking five, 10 years out. So if it makes sense, literally, then it's going to happen. We know that, dudes. We know that. You know, they're always looking to grow into new audiences and new territories, new communities. Uh, this can make sense. So we'll see how it goes. But, you know, I thought you were going to ask me more about, like, you know, the, can I say bitching and moaning on radio? Oh, I was gonna get into that next. Ed, so I know, but it's like I feel like when you ask, you get forget you like you get grace. Like, can I? Yeah, so that would you you're gonna do it regardless, but because you ask, it's better. Is what you're saying. I know you can curse, but it's more so like you know we live in a sensitive environment. Can I say the word bitch? Like, can I say that? Well, I mean, I appreciate my my co-host throwing the alley oop off the backboard for me because speaking of neutral sites. Joe Mixon seems to still be complaining 
about it right now. The NFL adopted a resolution after that Bengals Bills game where we saw the scary episode with Demar Hamlin, and ultimately the Chiefs end up being the number one seed. The Bills end up being the number two seed, and the league came together and said, if those two teams should meet in the AFC Championship game, it'll be at a neutral site. Well, the Cincinnati Bengals were obviously pissed off because they got the short end of that stick because. Had they beat the Bills and the Chiefs would have lost one game, they would have been the number one seed. But to me, it really doesn't matter because the Chiefs never lost for the rest of the season. So if you're the Bengals, you still would have never had the number one seed anyway, even if you beat the uh, the, the Bills. So Joe Mixon, again, you know, we saw a celebration in week 18. He took a coin out of his, uh, his sock and flipped it, right? And that symbolized if, you know, Whoever won week 18 said if the Ravens had beat them week 18, it was going to be a coin flip to see whoever would have the home game, even though Cincinnati was a divisional champ. Now he's complaining because the NFL has already put out tickets for the AFC championship game should the Bills and Chiefs win. But the thing that Joe Mixon has to understand is the Bengals are already selling tickets for the AFC championship game just in case they beat the Bills. And Jacksonville beats the Chiefs, as Brandon Marshall said, is going to happen yesterday. So I don't get why he's complaining, but I guess we'll listen to Joe Mixon complain about a neutral site. To be honest, it's it's disrespectful, but we're not worried about that shit. Like I said, we we got a game to play on Sunday, right? So you can't count us out. We got a game to play on Sunday. Like I said, that other stuff, that don't mean shit. We're going to go out there on Sunday and, um, you know, we're going to do what the hell we got to do to come back with that dub. And we're going to see what they're talking about. So, so Ashley, let me ask you this question. Yeah. He says, you know, we're not thinking about it, but you said it's disrespectful, which means you are thinking about it. What do you make of Joe Mixon? You know, again, this is like his second or third time complaining about the NFL's decision mm-hmm. in regards to a neutral site for the AFC championship game. I mean, I, I, I understand maybe his and the team's unhappiness. You know, people put, um, you know, home field advantage is a real thing, just like home court advantage in the NBA is a real thing. So obviously you want to be in the best environment for your team to win. Um, So I'm not, I'm not knocking him for that. I get it. I get the, you know, the logic behind it. I understand the ideology behind it, but you know, (sighs) It is what it is like, mm-hmm. you know, at this point, it, it's it's not going to change. You know, it's already been established. That's what the situation at hand is. That's those are the cards you've been dealt. So at this point, just kind of play them. You know, I, I, I completely understand the frustration behind it, especially, you know, teams work all year to go ahead and have home field advantage. There's a benefit to it. You know, there's been studies about, you know, just how beneficial it actually is. So I understand it. But at the end of the day, like I said, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It's already been established. There's nothing you can do about it. Just focus on the task at hand. And that's winning the game, regardless of where it's played. It could be played on Mars for all I care. Like just go in there and win it. I think, you know, he's focusing on the wrong aspect of the game. And it's kind of like, okay, the first time I heard you, the second time I heard you, the third time I heard you, like, we got to, we got to move on. We got to close this chapter. So I get it, but it's also like, okay, I got it. Like, so. Yeah. Brandon, I'll ask you this question. I know we kind of talked about this before. This was an unprecedented event that happened with DeMar Hamlin versus Cincinnati Bengals. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, one team was going to be pissed off no matter what. Right. It just happens to be the Cincinnati Bengals this time. And again, Joe, 
Joe Mixon, you coming out saying we don't really care about it, but you're saying it's disrespectful. I just laid it out that the Bengals have begun selling tickets for the AFC Championship game just in case they beat the Bills and the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Chiefs because that's what you have to do. You have to pre-plan for things, right? You can't do it the week of. So, Brandon, uh, I know you said you're tired of hearing about <laughs> Joe Mixon complaining about this, but what are your thoughts on, on him continuing to bring up this neutral site game in the AFC Championship game? Yeah, well, it's not that I'm tired of hearing Joe Mixon complain about it. Uh, it's more so just it's the situation is just so much bigger than football, right? So, like, I like Joe. Um, he was nice to us when we went out there this offseason. And obviously, uh, Pac-Man has a phenomenal relationship with him. Uh, but at at this point, bro, it's like immature. Um, mm. And, it, you know, you don't get it. You You don't see um how much um this situation is so much bigger than football right like Demar literally died on the football field you know this is unprecedented the NFL the teams players you know we've never been in this situation before I mean, maybe it was once before in the 80s or so but not our lifetime not our generation right so what the, the NFL there was no right or wrong to this Correct. You understand? There's no template for this, right? There's no protocol for this. So it's it's like what Ashley said. It's like, you know, it is what it is. It, it goes back to even like the whole just how to just be a healthy person, control what you can control, you know? And this also shows the difference between a championship team and uh, just an okay team or a good team, right? Like, it's all about eliminating distractions. So when you go out there and you talk about, you know, you keep this in the news, like that's a trickle-down effect will, will occur. A trickle-down effect will occur. Your teammates are going to start buying into it. They're going to start believing in this. They might start feeling some type of way, forming their own opinions, right? Instead of just focus on like, yo, let me go execute my job so we can get this win no matter the situation, right? Correct. Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick for 20 years, we heard them say it and do it. You know, it is what it is. Let's move on, right? Pretty pretty much. At the end of the day, you got to go take care of your business. You take care of your business, you might have a home game for the AFC Championship game, according to Brandon Marshall, because he believes the Jacksonville Jaguars will upset the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. 
The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley, in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. For divisional weekend in the NFL, do you got the Jacksonville Jaguars upsetting the Chiefs like Brandon Marshall does? Or if you're like myself, do you got the Jaguars covering and the Giants covering this weekend? Either way, give us a call. 888-623-3646, 888-MAD-DOG-6. But Brandon and Ashley, we've actually had this conversation before about this next topic we're going to discuss. And it's Leslie Frazier, a guy that I used to play for, I think is a great leader of men. It's strange that he hasn't really been getting any head coaching interviews. Now, just last year, the Bills were the number one, you know, defense in football. And a lot of people considered that him to be one of the top head coaching candidates in the NFL. But he hasn't really built much traction this year in regards to getting interviews for head coaching positions. Now, the Bills defense, again, it's not as good as it was last year, but it's still pretty damn good. They're sixth in total yards in defense, second in points allowed, just giving up right under 18 points per game, only trailing the San Francisco 49ers. So, again, the defense is still playing at a pretty good level, just not the elite level it was playing last year. And, again, Leslie Frazier is a great leader of men. Brandon, let me ask you this question. What's your theory on why? Leslie Frazier hasn't received as much interest as he did in the past in regards to being a head coach this upcoming season. I'm not going to do the black and white thing and just say, cause he's black, um, you know, mm. racial tension still soaring. And we got a lot of people that believe in different things here. So I don't want to just say that. I think that's the easy answer. Um, dudes, <clears throat> You know this, man. A lot of times we don't we we don't have all the information, right? Yeah. Um internally, he could be an asshole, he can be a jerk, you know, he doesn't get along with his players, you never know. I, so, that's not what I had when I played for him. But hold on, what I'm saying is and, and right, and we know that yeah. ain't true. We know he's uh amazing leader, amazing coach, and everyone loves him and respects him, right? But could there be something else? I don't know. Um, I think that I think dudes uh everyone's looking for young. You know, we know See, our you history. went. That's why I love you, bro. You went there. I was gonna go there. I was waiting for you to finish, but you went there take before it, me. Take it, take it because like you know, you enjoy this this part of the game more than I do. So you can go there, dudes, but I just think it's it's trendy. So I asked you the question, why do you think it? I, I, honestly, it's, it's what you were getting at, and I'll go all the way there. Um, I think it's ageism, to be honest, Brandon. If you look at some of these recent hires, right, and, and coaches that have had success in the McVeighs and the Shanahans, the Mike McDaniels, mm-hmm. these are younger, hipper coaches that may be more relatable to players. But what I would beg owners to do to look – is to look outside the box, right? 
You got a guy, and we brought this up yesterday, like Rich Basaccia, clearly a great leader of men, helped lead the Raiders to the playoffs last year with a roster that is not even half as good as it is this year. And we saw what happened when you change coaches, got a better roster. What happened? The Raiders didn't make the playoffs, right? Steve Wilkes, another example in Carolina, right? Not the sexy name, a guy that's a little bit older, but demands respect and demands that people come in and work and do the right thing. And as players feed off of that, I mean, we talked about it yesterday. They were, I believe, one in four with, you know, Matt Rule. He gets fired. They finished six and six with Steve Wilkes and missed the playoffs by one game, right? A game versus Tampa Bay that they literally should have won. Couple injuries in the secondary, things went bad for him. That's why they lost that game. Look at Leslie Frazier, you know, a lot respected amongst league circles, respected in the locker room, respected on the playing field by his players. You hear players come out all the time talk about how much they love playing for that guy, right? Um, again, simple system. They're very multiple in it. They switch it up and do different things. Now they've changed the system up a little bit this year because of the loss to Von Miller. That cover two defense that he's used to playing. He doesn't play it as much, a little bit more man coverage because they can't affect the quarterback as much with Von Miller not being there. But I think it's it's what we, we go back to when we talk about David Tepper, the owner for the Carolina Panthers. Him wanting a sexy name, uh, a big name to try to fill the stadium seats and not necessarily doing what's right for the football team. To me, Leslie Frazier should be getting interviews because you know from day one, Right, he's going to demand respect in that locker room, and he's going to give respect to the player. He's a former player himself, so he's been where everybody has been in that locker room. He sat in those seats, and also he's a great leader of men. You hear players talk about it all the time. So when it comes to Leslie Frazier, I think there's a disconnect in what owners, and it's not just him, right? It's it's literally defensive coaches too. Besides D'Amico Ryan, who is a young and up and coming, you know, hot head coaching candidate. I think it's their this it's a bravado of we need to get the next, you know, sexy, you know, head coach name in here to really move the needle. And that necessarily isn't true. Look at Mike Tomlin. Never had a losing season. And he's old a lot older than all the players in that locker room, too. But the man's respect gets respect from his players. And his players will run through a brick wall for him. I mean, just look what the 40, I mean, the, the Steelers did at the end of the season. Brandon, they had to win out to ensure that he did not have a losing season, which he has never had for his career. So when I look at this uh, and him not even getting interviews, I, like you said, it could be easy, easy for us to say it's the black and white thing. I don't think it's that. I honestly think it's an ageism thing. And I think we've gotten to a point where owners feel like they need that next new hot name or that next new hot offensive coordinator. So good coaches like Steve Wilkes, good coaches like Leslie Frazier get left by the wayside and it sucks Ashley what do you think why do you think Leslie Frazier hasn't maybe gotten you know enough interviews or interest as a head coaching candidate this this season um for reasons that Brandon is has sidestepped and I'm gonna sidestep as well but um <laughs> why'd you sidestep it I ain't sidestepping. Listen, I'm already getting I'm already crushed. getting crushed because of Kelly Rowland. I ain't doing this. <laughs> one is enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, one is enough. One a week is enough for I me. Thought you were thick skin. Why did you say skin. it then? Hmm? Why didn't you say it then? I said it. You didn't say it. I said it without saying it. Well, I said it without saying it. Um, <laughs> no, go ahead. I said it without saying it. But like, yeah, I mean, uh -huh. there are a few coaches that have been in the conversations of of getting head coaching jobs. You know, we talk about um, 
uh what was the guy from Kansas City? Um Eric um drawn a blank. The enemy. Yes. He was somebody who a lot of people said should have been a head coach a few seasons ago. And where is he? He's still in Kansas City. That's my point. So it's he's actually interviewing for other offensive coordinator jobs at other right. places. Yes. So, I mean, and then you look at, you know, I I hate to bring him up because I don't want to, you know, ruffle his feathers or anyone's feathers. But it's been said you look at a Jeff Saturday who got, you know, a head coaching position like that. I mean, literally plucked out of the analyst seat into a head coaching position. And a lot of people, whether from a coaching standpoint or even his fellow commentators, were very confused why of all the candidates that were available with head coaching experience, that was the one that was chosen. So I I agree. I think it is a little bit of maybe ageism. But I think that that ageism also has a uh, circumstantial foundation to it. And I think that ageism only plays a factor for certain candidates. And I don't think it plays a factor for all candidates. Mm. I think that we have seen this. We've kind of seen this story before in just different narratives. It's not a surprise. It's not something that is shocking. I mean, you have an entire rule that's supposed to prevent this from happening, and yet it doesn't really seem to do that. So I don't know how I don't really know what the answer is to combat this, because it seems that we have these conversations. We acknowledge that there's a problem. We acknowledge that there's a drastic um you know, discrepancy and opportunities given to one side versus the other. And yet we just continue to have these conversations. We go in cycles. We just we go in circles rather. And it doesn't seem to change. It doesn't seem to get any better. It doesn't seem to, you know, the the drastic difference between white head coaches and black head coaches in the NFL doesn't seem to get any smaller. Um, And I don't really know what the answer is to combat that, because I don't know how else we can make it known that we're aware and that there is something that needs to be addressed and it just continues to not be addressed. It's not ever going to be addressed until it's addressed at the ownership level. We hire and partner with people for the most part that we're comfortable with. And the people that we're comfortable with are people that usually we, you know, do life with and understand Mm -hmm. these owners don't come from where, you know, Leslie Frazier come from or the Flores is of the world. And, you know, so like that's the challenge right now. Um, there's still a lot of work to be done um, and we'll see, you know, so far uh, it, we're a good start. Rand got the GM job. Yeah. Right. For the Tennessee. I believe that's eight, eight black GMs now in the NFL. Right. OK, so let's see where we're at a month from a month from now and let's see if it's getting better. Um, but but hell, dudes, maybe Leslie Frazier would be the third. Uh, black coach in Texas for the Texans. Would you want to take that job though, Brandon, if you're him? I text. Uh, so there's a speculation that one guy's going to get this job, right? Or they really want a guy to get a job, right? So like I hit up this guy. And yeah, then, I already know who you're talking about. Go ahead and say his oh, name. I, see, I, I can't give you the inside. If you already know, then Mike. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I talked about this on this show earlier, but so, you know, supposedly, supposedly when they got rid of, um, Jerry, I forgot what his name is. That that candidate's name that you're talking about, his name kind of got got knocked off the list because it, it was more of his doing and and wanting him to be the head coach. So, 
I mean, we'll see. Again, I just think it's ridiculous that Leslie Frazier hasn't even been getting interest as far as being a head coach when this guy, again, for the last three or four years, had one of the top defenses in all of football, and Buffalo was known to be an offensive juggernaut, but people forget their defense is elite as well. So it's crazy. Hopefully some things change. Like you say, Brandon, we'll see. Time will tell. I think it's crazy when the NFL has to – kind of incentivize teams to hire somebody that's a minority by giving them draft picks. Like that's the carrot you're dangling in regards to trying to get more minorities in head coaching and GM positions. Give us a call. 888-623-3646. 888-MAD-DOG-6. Divisional weekend is here. We want to hear who you got winning. We're going to go to the phone lines right now. Jennifer wants to talk about Cincinnati and thoughts on Joe Mixon's uh, comments. Jennifer, welcome to I Am Athlete Tonight. Did we lose Jennifer? Sorry about Maybe. that. Um, oh, there you go. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good tonight. Um, I was calling because I heard your comments um, about Joe Mixon. And the only thing I can keep thinking about is no one's playing the media asking him the question in the first place. And I think that's the only reason that he had a comment about being disrespected about the sales. I don't think he would have known about it, and I don't think he'd have had anything to say about it if the media hadn't stuck the microphone in his face and asked him about it. Mm, appreciate you calling in, Jennifer. Yeah, I mean, that is part of it. The media media asked about it uh, because, you know, tickets were already getting sold. I mean, that's what the media does, right? They're, they're trying to get sound bites from you. Uh, but I, I just think, again, it's a question that probably caught him off guard. But just realizing what the media is trying to do there, if you're Joe Mixon, you just got to be like, well, that has nothing to do with us. We have to play the Buffalo Bills this week. And who knows? Maybe if you know we take care of business, Jacksonville takes care of business. Again, like our own Brandon Marshall says they will. We're playing at home for an AFC championship game. But, you know, to call it disrespectful, you know, and not realize that, you know, the Bengals are essentially selling tickets a week ahead, too, because you have to pre-prepare for if you're going to host the AFC championship game. It is what it is let's head to north carolina russ said he wants to talk about leslie frazier frazier welcome to i am athlete tonight russ hey guys thanks for taking the call listen for a while first time caller um yeah i was just listening to what you guys said about frazier and the enemy and i think maybe the reason frazier hasn't gotten the job is he was 21 and 32 uh just i know there's a variable amount of reasons as to why maybe he didn't have quite the success that one would expect, and I've, I've been frustrated with guys getting rehired that maybe didn't have that great of results when they had the opportunity before. But on the opposite end of that spectrum, Eric Bayenemy is who mm-hmm. I first thought of when you guys were talking about them, there, there may be something that we don't know. And I've been saying that for three or four years. I can't think of someone that would be a better candidate to be a head coach than Bayenemy. And he's got mm-hmm. nothing but success consecutive year after year after year it's so baffling to me that he has not been given a head coaching job that i can't help but think there's something that we don't know if kansas city has promised him something down the road or if he's just waiting for the perfect opportunity or if it's something within him i don't know but uh, you know i'd have to look at him first if i was running a team and i'll hang up let you guys comment i appreciate everything you guys do Appreciate it, Russ. I'll let you go ahead, Ashley. Yeah, I mean, but wasn't there also a report? I don't remember it like what the details were specifically that he had multiple interviews at one point 
And they were like really weird interviews. Like they were asking him things and like requiring things of him during that process that they've never required of other um, candidates that they have been interviewing before. I can't remember what those were. I don't know if it's like um, they were making him go through certain types of testing or it was like a weird interview process that was like not something that was the norm or it'll come to me eventually. But yeah, I mean, that's a possibility. Like we're, we're speaking about it. it. It's you never really know what's going on behind closed doors. You don't know if he's promised that head coaching job eventually in Kansas City. And it's something that maybe has prevented him from moving on. You know, you you have to kind of think about, you know, from the outside looking in, all you see is somebody who's very, 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 very well versed at what he does and more than capable of being a head coach in the NFL, but just has not gotten the opportunities. But everything has a lot of layers to it. And there are a lot of layers that you're not privy to. And yet from the outside looking in, all you see is someone qualified, a person of color qualified and not getting those opportunities. And then you're seeing somebody who's not even a fraction as qualified as he is and getting those opportunities. You automatically jump to a conclusion. And I think that conclusion is fair just because it has been the norm in the NFL. I don't think it's a made up conclusion. I don't think it's, you know, something that's pulled out of thin air. I think there is a lot of basis behind it because we have seen it so many times for so many years, but much to Brandon's point and the caller's point, you don't know everything, you know, you're not privy to everything and you're never going to be privy to everything until, you know, certain situations unfold and play out in front of you. So of course that's always an option. And if I had to use more of a logical brain um, and really dig deeper into it, that's probably the case because it does not make sense to me that he hasn't even been given one season. Like it's one thing to like, it's one thing to be given a season and then it's fine. And then he's fired or whatever. We've seen that story before. Like we've seen mm-hmm. someone be given an opportunity and it's like, Oh, well we gave him the opportunity. It didn't work out next, but he hasn't even been given the opportunity to get fired. That's very like, I don't know. Something's not adding up. One plus one is not equaling two. So it could be deeper than what we know. Yeah, in regards to Eric Bieniemy, you know, our own Shady McCoy has spoke on this um, in regards to maybe his treatment of star players on the team being an issue. Also, Andy Reid calls the plays in Kansas City. What do you mean his treatment of of star players? The way he talks to certain players is, I'm just saying, again, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus or talk bad about them. I'm just talking crazy to players. In other words, oh, like he doesn't he doesn't coddle them, or he's just like abrasive. Nah, it's not even coddle. It's just talking crazy. There's there's a certain oh. way to talk to grown men in this industry, um, okay. and there's been you know talks about how he talks to certain players on the team, right? Oh. Um, also, you know, getting to the calling of the plays, right, which is a big prerequisite of you essentially being an offensive coordinator or getting a job at the next level. Um, Andy Reid calls the play. So a lot of people wonder how much imprint he has on, you know, the playbook and calling the game. Now I know he's heavily involved in the run game because that's what he did, right? He was a running back. Um, I know he does a lot of the run game coordinator work for the Chiefs. So that was another issue. And then when he was head coach, Ashley and Brandon at Colorado, he struggled mightily. It was bad. Um, but again, we've seen coaches that have struggled. Josh McDaniels comes to mind, right? 18 and 30 record. Mm-hmm. And he got another opportunity. Let's not forget. 
he not only got another opportunity, he turned down a job after they start after he started hiring people with the Indianapolis Colts. Mm. Um, so for him to get another job again this year for the Las Vegas Raiders, it's it's hard for you to say that you know you know Eric B. Enemy had a terrible record in college. And Definitely. now he doesn't get another opportunity because he had a terrible record when Josh McDaniels has showed you nothing but terrible records. Right. And I would, you know, doubling back to, you know, how he allegedly speaks to players. I mean, that it's hard for me to kind of think that that would be a reason because it's not like he's the only coach who has had a bad um, reputation, if you will, or alleged reputation for how they deal with star players. I think there are a lot of coaches within the history of the NFL who may or may not have been in the business of kind of talking to their players. Like, listen, I'm the coach, you're the player. I mean, I'm not going to throw anybody out there, but we got to go into a, and with Shady was here. The Philadelphia Eagles are very familiar with that. Allegedly, I when I interviewed Deshaun Jackson, he was very outspoken about that. That's something that we've heard before, but that had never stopped him from getting a head coaching position. Can I jump in here? Which, which coach are you talking about? Andy Reid? Uh, no, Chip Kelly. I figured you were talking about Chip Kelly. Yeah, but you saw that he was quickly done in the NFL and he's back in college. That is true. I mean, that is, <laughs> that is a good point. Yeah, go ahead, Brandon. Um, <clears throat> so I want to go back to the gentleman uh, that called in. and Russ, uh, yeah. Mr. Russ, thank you so much for rocking with us and, and tuning in. Um, I think you said a uh, a lot of valid things. Uh, the first thing I want to push back on when you talked about Leslie Frazier's start, mm. uh, you talked about his record. <clears throat> I understand it's about wins and losses, but the problem is, is it's second opportunities, getting a mm. second chance. A lot of the jobs that we get, you know, as minorities, especially at the in the, in the, at the, in the NFL, aren't attractive jobs or bottom of the barrel, right? So the problem when you do get a job, it's a terrible job, which means you're set up for failure, okay? So you could be a phenomenal coach, but in a terrible situation, which means you're never going to get to that second contract or get the opportunity. You're more than likely going to get fired. So I just looked at a few of our, you know, legendary or uh, really good, head coaches in this league and how they started coach Mike Shanahan <clears throat> um, seven and nine. I don't know why the second year was one and three and the third year then was eight and eight. Mm. Then he went on to the Denver Broncos. Right. Um, and, and found success when he had who John Elway. Elway yeah. Pete Carroll. He started off the first two years, six and 10, 10 and six fired. Then he came, went to college, came back, right? Lightning in a bottle, Legion of Boom, Russell Wilson. Andy Reid, 5-11, and 11-5. Josh McDaniels, 12-20. and 20. The Denver Broncos gets fired. Then he gets another opportunity. Do we not remember how terrible Josh did in Denver and how he was pretty much like, like Mr. B., Packed up his house for him. <laughs> That's why I brought his name up when he, when he was talking right. about other coaches. Bro, like, they had the whole, like, uh, uh, fan base outside his house helping him move his shit in there. Like, don't worry. Uh, you ain't got to do this alone. We got you. 
Josh <laughs> McDaniels, right? But he get a, he gets another opportunity to get it right. Well, hold on, Brandon. Isn't that kind of like poetic justice? Because when you got traded to Miami, he was like, don't worry about it. We're going to pack all your stuff up for you. Right. We, we, we don't even want you in the building. We want you to sign the contract. It's, it's a little bit poetic justice right there. Correct. And then you have like Bill Belichick, six and ten, seven and nine, seven and nine, eleven and five. Great job. Oh, he turned the corner. No, no, not so fast. Five and eleven. <laughs> five and eleven again, dudes. And all this is without who? Um, Brady. Mm. Okay. So, like, there's more layers to this, right? So, yes, on the surface. You can look at Leslie Frazier and say he ain't get it done when he was with the Vikings, so he wasn't a good coach. No, 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 no. Football guys sit down with football guys, start talking X's and O's. Boom, he sits up there with the best of them. And Correct. then when you put him in a room of with lions and them alphas, he can lead them lions and, them, and the alphas. And then you talk about management skills, he's right there. So, um, you know, I just wanted to be clear there. All have valid points. This is a safe place for all of us to discuss this, but let's just not just stay surface level. Okay. So I just wanted to hit that. And then it can go on and on dudes. Like we can look at, you know, um, some other coaches and how they started. Right. Correct. And yeah, I would Kyle, say, Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan comes to mind. Yeah. And I would say like, when, when, you know, you got somebody that's really good at all the things, but may have not been in the right situation or they made mistakes. Sometimes those are the better, those are the better hires because they're able to learn from their mistakes. That's how Josh McDaniels was able to get a second job. His interview, we talked about that process earlier. His interview process was like, this is what I did wrong in Denver. This Correct. is what I've worked on. This is how I'm going to fix it. And this is how I'm going to do things differently moving forward. He sold everybody that he was a changed man. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> right. Come on, man. <laughs> I Am Athlete Tonight is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. Support I Am Athlete Tonight with a five-star rating and by leaving a review. That's a big deal, guys. Stop being lazy. Pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five-star rating. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Want more? Catch the full two hours of I Am Athlete Tonight weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio. Sirius XM channel 82. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash IAA tonight trial to start your free trial today. Sirius XM podcasts.